Hello, welcome back to No BS with Briar and Sarah. This is Sarah. And this is Briar. How are you? I'm actually, oh man, I'm so much better. Earlier today, I had like the worst like anxiety and just like icky feeling. Yeah. And like, I literally like, cried over a TikTok earlier about this like whale getting caught in a net and I was just like crying. Oh my God. And then I texted you that I was like sad and you're like, no, no being sad. And yeah. as soon as, like, I saw you walk out the door, I was like, okay, we're fine. We're happy again. That's right. She told me to bring bad bitch energy, so I brought it because yes. I'm sick, so I probably sound crazy right now. Like, my ears are all stuffy, but. You sound really good, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you're welcome. And you look good. I look sick, or when I'm sick, dude, I look like an 1800s child of the plague. I mean, I have, basically, <laughs> before I came over here. Um, But, so, we usually record on Wednesdays, but because I was kind of under the weather we didn't so we're gonna have two episodes for y'all today and this first one is just a mini-sode with some listener questions which is so exciting for us I know I love it Briar hasn't read the questions yet I did because I'm just like I was locked into the email um so these are new questions for both of us are you ready let's do it girl okay says I podcast and can't wait to hear more. Uh-huh. I have some questions I've come up with since listening. If I have BPD like tendencies, what do I do? I've just always thought I was an emotional person, but some of the stuff you guys talk about makes me wonder if I have it too. Hmm. So it's kind of serendipitous that, that question comes up today because I was on TikTok and this like BPD thing came up. And it showed different levels of BPD, which I didn't know that. Yeah. So there was low functioning borderline, oh, yeah. high functioning, extroverted, introverted, and transparent borderline. Yeah. And I was like kind of reading some of the things. I was high functioning and extroverted. But I will say like, honestly, you have to go to not even per se like a psychiatrist, but even a counselor. Yeah. And then they'll do the, I think it's a, the DSM-5. Yeah. And that's like the psychology, uh, mental health, like. Yeah. You just need to get a diagnosis notice. from a professional. Yeah. From a professional. Yeah. Because um, we're not, obviously, but right. we've both seen professionals. Like, that's why we know what we have and can move forward with like certain medications and like recovery. Exactly. So that would be, yeah, go, go to, oh, um. Tell them about MD Live so they can... Oh, yeah. MD Live is, like, the best. Um, you can get on there if you have health insurance, even if you don't. Yeah. Um, and speak with a psychiatrist, a therapist, or just, like, a regular doctor. Mm-hmm. Set up an appointment. A lot of them are, like, ready, like, within that same day. Or you can set up an appointment for later. Um, I don't have, like, the greatest insurance, but it cost me $20 per session yeah, for... That's what I pay. Uh, yeah. Mine's, I don't have, like, top-tier insurance. Yeah. But 20 bucks, 20 bucks is nothing when it comes to your mental exactly. health. <laughs> exactly. And the other things I've wasted money on. Girl, yeah. So, next question. When you say you struggle in your relationships due to impulse control, does that include cheating or is it just the way you behave? I hate to admit this and I've been a victim and I've been a cheater. And with that being said, 
there, when you go through kind of manic episodes, especially more so I speaking from, you know, my, my personal experience, when I have my manic episodes, I used to have very like rampant sex. I would like cheat on my partner. I would, you know, be binge drinking and and like copious amounts of like drugs and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it, it can happen. Yeah. But I've also been the victim of, you know, cheating. But I will say, like, it just it just kind of depends on your, and like, what's the word? I guess, like, level. Like, where you are in your BPD. Yeah. Like, the BPD, BPD spectrum. Like, For where sure. you sit. I would think, yeah, that there's a lot of people that do that. Because I have also cheated. And I never really related it to my BPD. It was mainly, like, my um, alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> like, anytime I cheated, I was drunk yeah and you know that's not like an excuse it was just like my inhibitions are lower and I'm just like whatever yeah but I think like my BPD kind of worked against it because I have such horrible anxiety that I I could not retain it anytime I've done that like I've literally just like had to tell my partner oh yeah like Like, because you then you feel the immense guilt yes so and I mean like it's it's well not anytime there was I'm sorry there's some of y'all just didn't want to know okay (laughs) (laughs) but um but I mean I would have I would have admitted and I don't think that's like necessarily like a BPD thing and like the times that I will same thing with the alcohol there's the times that I did cheat it was like when I was in my abusive relationship or like when the relationship I could tell like they were no longer interested and it was like basically coming to an end and like we stopped having sex and like yeah. the intimacy wasn't there. So of course with BPD, like you hate that, like that fear of being abandoned. So yeah. you try to find it somewhere else. Absolutely. So. so like my impulse control damaging my relationships is mainly like because of the way I am uh, reactionary to things, yeah. but not like the impulse to go like fuck someone else yeah and it's not all the time it's like it's not like we're cheating in every relationship yeah it's very i've i have never really been a cheater it's only been like maybe a handful and they were all really toxic yeah again not to make an excuse no no excuse i was like literally eating me alive yeah and it was just like it was horrific yeah it's it's like you kind of like it's like bpd splitting almost like you kind of like split from like your morales and then as soon as you like come back to like your normal self, you're like, what, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like, and then you have that guilt mm-hmm. and remorse and then it, it sticks forever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Trying not a good feeling. Like I could not just be like, I, yeah. I, I could not be just like a constant cheater. I don't know how people do it. And that, you know, no judgment, kind of judgment, whatever, yeah. but like, damn, it's like, what kind of person are you that you it's like? Just like, uh, it feels so bad. Yeah, it but some people so bad. don't feel bad, and that's what's even scarier. Yeah, that's, scary. that's where I'm like, mm, something's worse. Okay. okay, next question: Where are you guys from? I hear a hint of an accent. Ooh, where do you think we're from? What kind of accent? They didn't say. No, well, I'm from Lubbock, Texas. I was born in El Paso, but I moved here when I was four. So what? Like Lubbock? Yeah, yeah. So we're West Texas girls, y'all. Yeah. Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. I don't know what kind of accent I have. My cousins in California told me like that I had like a very much country accent, but yeah. I don't I don't hear it when I speak really, but 
I guess they do. It's and the people in Texas, uh, in New York. Oh my gosh, this is funny. Really quick. Go so um, <laughs> I was in New York on the 4th of July watching uh, on the Brooklyn Bridge, like their fireworks show. And I was like, why are these police holding these like massive guns? Like it's freaking me out. So like I backed up and I was like, why are you holding that big ass gun? Like it's scaring me. Yeah. And he was like, well, first of all, you, um, you're in New York City on the 4th of July um, we're doing counterterrorism, and y'all have way more guns in Texas. Oh, <laughs> being shot, fucking fired. Like, ah, how did you know? I guess maybe I don't know. And it's funny you say that because when I lived in Denver, like okay, so I never thought I had an accent. Like, yeah. it was very seldom, very seldom I would get it. But when I moved to Denver, everybody knew I was from Texas. Yeah, and like. If I didn't say y'all, which is obviously the dead giveaway, sure. they would be like, you just kind of have like a draw when you say certain things. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I never thought I had an accident until I moved to Colorado and like everybody knew I was from Texas. Yeah. Like same. even besides saying y'all. So. Yeah. Because there's like plenty of times I like would like try to refrain from saying y'all. Yeah. And just say like you guys or something. But. That's so much um, <laughs> But even then, like, I don't know, I guess people from other places can tell, but yeah. Just Texas. It's also We're like, from Texas. Probably like Southern hospitality because everybody would be like, we know you're not from here because like, you're so nice and you just like talk to like everybody that sits down. I'm like, oh, I guess. Then I got strangers and then it's like weird because they don't smell back and they're like, I'm scared. You're like, okay. I'm sorry. Are you Your mom didn't raise you right. <laughs> okay. So next question. How is it so easy to love and forgive yourself after the things you've done? And how is it easy to put your dirty laundry out there like that? I want to answer this one real quick. Go ahead. That's saying, a loaded question. It is not easy to love and forgive yourself Thank after you. the things that I've done. Thank you. It's not easy at all, but I had to do it in order to remain sober, in order to not go completely fucking crazy. I had to. I had no choice. It was I was backed up in a corner, me versus myself. Okay? And that's what our full-on episode is going to be about. I know that's funny. But – as for how is it easy to put your dirty laundry out there like that that's just kind of like that's always I've kind of always been that way it's like a good uh that's how I cope I find it more embarrassing like after I've embarrassed myself to try to cover it by saying like something else happened or like you know I know some people go on like their journeys and they're like like they need to get sober and they want to be like low-key about it no judgment do and say what you got to do and say to like help yourself but they'll be like oh yeah it's just like I'm on like a health journey it interferes with like my workout goals yeah. and stuff like that because I don't want to admit and these are people who like I've spoken to not like I'm just assuming that of everyone right you just not right but it was better for me to just be like no because I'm balls to the wall a fucking crazy drunk I need to take a step back yeah. I've always found that like pointing out my embarrassing traits helps me cope with embarrassment before someone else can embarrass me. Right. It's like whenever you fall and like you laugh with yourself. Yeah. Then that way, like no one's laughing at you. They are like literally laughing with you. Totally. Cause I'm a very embarrassing person and I'm like easily embarrassed and I hate the feeling. So then I'm just like, I'll just embarrass myself by just <laughs> saying what I fucking did before you like pick on me for it. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. See, and I'm glad that you said it's not easy because the, right when that, as soon as those words came out of your mouth, I was like, Bitch, it is not fucking. It's one of the hardest things with recovery. Yeah, is because you don't feel like worthy of forgiveness. No, and of course nobody essentially is. But like that's not how you heal. Like 
You know, you, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive others even when they don't ask for your forgiveness. Yeah. And I've had to do that a lot with like more, I guess, relationships than anything. And yeah, what was the second part again? Um, oh, how can we how is it easy to put out your dirty laundry? So one, I'm not a shy person. I'm not easily embarrassed. I've always been just like, you know, here's my full story. And that's a strength and definitely a weakness is a double-edged sword. But um, I'm reading this, that Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book, and the chapter that I just read was, like, instead of hiding from, like, certain feelings, like, lean into them. Lean into them and see why do you feel like this and, like, how can I cope with this? Because if you, like, turn your, like, back to it, you're not going to fix the problem. Right. You're only, like, running from it. And that doesn't do anything for you, like, you or your growth. And so I, like, when I first started getting when I first got onto medication and like was seeing a counselor, I didn't tell any of my friends, like even like my closest friends, because I was embarrassed about that because yeah. I have always just been the happy go lucky, like, Oh my God, I was always in a good mood. Like, you know, anytime that I wasn't, people were always like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I guess it's just like, for me, I don't ever want to have pity. I don't like pity and I don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I always felt like I had to play this role. Like I, I had to be this person all the time. Mm-hmm. So when I wasn't okay and I was medicated, it was very embarrassing for me. It made me feel weak. It made me feel like out of control until I finally got to a point like with counseling and like my medications and like understanding what I had that I was like, there's no, there's no reason to be embarrassed because I am not the only one. And my really good psychiatrist in Colorado, when he, diagnosed me diagnosed me with bpd mm-hmm. i literally asked him i was like so am i crazy and he's like absolutely not right he was like like 60 percent of americans have bpd it's like really high numbers yeah and he was like you don't need to be embarrassed like you don't need to whatever and he was like it's okay to not be okay he's like what's yeah. not okay is trying to hide the fact or like lying to yourself about it and after that and, you know, my mom kind of gets on to me sometimes. She's like, you're, like, too open about it, like, about being medicated and what you have. I was like, what, I would rather be honest and people know that this is, like, what I'm going through than, than not. And it's like, and if you don't like me because of, like, this thing that I struggle with that I have really no control over, it's, like, a men- like chemical imbalance, then I don't want you. But, like, if you're understanding and you're like, it's okay, you know, yeah, you're not perfect, exactly. it's fine and we still love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, even, like, besides, like, just the fact that um, I kind of always aired out my dirty laundry because it's, like, embarrassing, and that's just, I just do it before, like, whatever. I'm going to do it before you do it. Um, (laughs) uh, I like letting, I'll just, like, say it anyway because a lot of people do things that they are embarrassed of, and they feel alone in it, and I'm like, hey, you're not alone. I love that. It's perfect. You are not alone. I am I have done very many embarrassing And this is why we're doing this podcast because, you know, we don't want you guys to feel alone because I promise you are by no means at all alone. (laughs) Okay, next question. So how do you find it possible to work in a bar when you struggle with binge drinking? Let me answer this really quickly. (laughs) Um, I find it possible to work in a bar when I struggle with binge drinking because you can drink yourself to death or into the lowest, darkest hole, no matter where you work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the true I, statement you can I, ever possibly say. I did that before I worked in a bar. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah. Yeah. And it's my mom, like she used to say like whenever she found out I was doing drugs and stuff and I was like, well, I just need to move. She's like, Briar, no matter where you go, she's like, you're going to find the drugs if you want it bad enough. Yeah. Same thing with alcohol, no matter what, even when like, I wasn't like, there was a time that I wasn't working at the bar. I was still getting shit housed, fucked up all the time. Yeah. Because I wanted to, and I knew if I, if you wanted it bad enough, you would find it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with sobriety. I want sobriety bad enough that I'm willing to do whatever it takes regardless of my situation. Mm-hmm. And I really solidified my foundation of like, we just are not going to do it. We're, we're just not because we know the end of the story. We know that it's our demise. Yeah. And I don't want to have my demise go that way. Like I, I want to have a good life. Yeah. I was a balls to the wall alcoholic before I started working in a bar. No. And dude, 15, we were drinking at 15, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, like 2018, like spiral that I had, like yeah. that I told you about, like February, whatever, like, like February, because I didn't start in the bar till like August of that year. Yeah. Like I was balls to the fucking wall. As soon as I'd get out of my actual job at yeah. call center, 3 p.m., be at the bar until close. Yeah. Drinking, 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 drinking. And Actually, with anybody. working in a bar, like then I was at work. So then. I couldn't really, like, we would do, like, maybe, like, three shots or yeah. something, which is, like, nothing when you're a fucking alcoholic, you know? Yeah. Um, so, there's that answer. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is funny. It says, is Sarah bisexual? She refers to girlfriends a lot. Is it all the same girlfriend? I noticed they weren't mentioned in the relationships episode. Oh, my God. So one of my friends today, I was talking about Sarah and just like how I tag her and all these things. And he was like, Sarah, because I'm single. And Sarah's like, or he was like, Sarah is your boyfriend. I was like, bitch, she is. <laughs> um, so I've never been in a relationship with a girl or a woman. But um, yeah, I'd consider myself to be bisexual now. It took me like kind of a long time to realize that because um, I think just kind of the way I was conditioned uh, growing up, but I've always been attracted to women. Um, but with that being said, I didn't really realize I separated like the emotions from the attraction, um, which is, I hate that because I don't want to feel like I'm just objectifying women. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just didn't cross my mind that like I could have like romantic feelings for a woman. Yeah. And then I just have never been in a relationship with one and now I'm married to a man. But like, I think like if I, that hadn't happened or, you know, whatever, anything, I would, yeah, I would, I would date a woman. Absolutely. Um, and I, I have had, um, my, I've had some lady loving for sure, but no, not a, not a relationship. And the girlfriend, uh, well, Girlfriend, it's just a term of endearment that I use, but, uh, friends, yeah. yeah, like my, yeah, girlfriend, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend. and it, it says, um, is it all the same girlfriend? Uh, usually in the past episodes I've talked to, it's funny. She uh, actually texted me and asked, am I the girlfriend? I'm like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> that was like, we weren't even like, we, everything that we wrote to each other was always like, love GFF instead of like BFF because yeah. we're girlfriends forever. And yeah. my first boy, like we've been friends for like 15 years. And uh-huh. my first boyfriend was jealous of us and was like, are y'all lesbians? What? And then Emily? Who's your... Uh, well, I don't know. It, it's no. not Emily. I don't want to put her name out there. No, it doesn't matter. I don't want to be recognized for other things. But no, no, I just didn't know. If you know, know me, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. I just think because <laughs> like, I know that you guys, like you and Emily are like super, super tight. Yeah, Definitely. And I mean, me and Emily have like made out. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's me and my best friend Alicia. Like me and Alicia. So so many times at Rage, like 
You want to make it like, yeah, but I'm, see, I don't consider my, I do love beautiful women. Like I love a, like big juicy ass on a girl. And like, I will not hesitate to go and be like, your ass is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's like fat pH fat. Like, and I'm like, can I slap it? I have no shame in my game. I'm like, I want other women to know that they're gorgeous and beautiful. Totally. <laughs> okay. Next question. Is the boyfriend from the grocery store the one that she married? <laughs> no. No. That was my long five-year relationship. Um, and then I married the guy. Well, like, I met Chris um, during the time that I was still dating that guy, but we didn't de- develop a relationship for two years later. And then that is who I married is Chris. So the grocery store boyfriend, that is my five-year relationship. Laser, Chris is the winner. <laughs> he, got, he got the queen. Well, it's okay. To, we don't need to call him a laser. <laughs> it, it's fine. That, I'm just saying that Chris is the winner. Oh, you yeah. Know, like in like a game. Like Oh, yeah. In the marriage. Yes. <laughs> well, he never proposed to me. Anyway, um, how did Briar manage to escape her abusive relationship? Ooh, that's a loaded question too. Um, so I actually had two chances. Um, the first time we were together for about six, eight months. And one day we got into a really big fight and he put a gun in his mouth. Oh. And I had to like rip it out and it chipped his tooth. And I called my dad because like my dad's like my protector, like my dad, like that's who I go to. Like that has always been like my, anytime that I'm terrified or scared or just like honestly heartbroken, I go to my dad, like, you know, and I called him and he came over and he was like freaking out. He's like, Blake, pack your shit and get the fuck out. Don't come back. And he did. He moved back to Dallas and, um, with a narcissist that he was a narcissist for sure. He is a narcissist. And very manipulative and continued to text me and say that he was going to change, that he was sorry, that he loved me and, you know, wanted to marry me, da, 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 da. And so after two and a half weeks, he moved back. Yeah. Um, then we were together for like the remaining time. Um, but the reason why I was able to escape is he beat me so badly that I ran nine blocks down, um, to a friend's house and my friend like grabbed me uh called my friend alicia who then called my mom but they called the police and the emts and um i couldn't come home because my windows were smashed out there was glass and blood all over the floor and sorry this is so dark but i'm fine um <laughs> but um the first few days i was gonna take him back the yeah. first, like, after that, like, it's it's terrifying to think about that. But I was like, we can make it work. We can yeah. fix it. And as, like, the week went on, but after that happened, um, I came to my senses. And I was like, this this is this is out. And it literally took him beating the ever-living sh- Like, I still have – I have nerve, nerve damage on the left side of my face and a deviated septum um, from it. Um, but, no, it, it literally took him beating me so badly that I was able to escape. And I got – really really lucky that he didn't he didn't kill me yeah my parents took away his gun a few like three or four days beforehand god damn yeah so sorry that was so dark but 
I mean, they he asked. They asked. Yeah. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. But um, they don't want us to share their name. That's fine. But um, but yeah, no, it it was scary, and I I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I, I you really, are very I'm lucky. blessed to get. You're so strong for that. Yeah. Thank you. And sometimes I forget that it happens. Like I. Yeah. And it just shows like how, like forgiveness and healing. Like I had to forgive him so I could heal because if yeah. I didn't forgive him. I would have just harbored that hatred and animosity and it would have just eaten me away. So totally. long story short. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Damn. Well, gosh, I'm, happy, I'm happy one. <laughs> okay. Next question. Do you still struggle with alcohol cravings? I do sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. I do. Um, just the other day I was watching Vanderpump Rolls and she had a tequila shot in front of her. And I was like, <laughs> I want a tequila shot. I don't fucking really drink tequila. Like not that much, That's my but like it just looked so good. And I like wanted a shot of tequila, but I'm like, I was like sick and in bed. And, yeah, like, yeah, and I wasn't. I I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah, even if I wasn't. Sick but it's just kind of like it's but like yeah, those yeah. Sometimes lasting like reminiscing. I'm like damn, that sounds good right now. Yep. Yeah, but I know. I was at the pool the other day. I just know it's like not worth it. It's not. And I was at the pool the other day, and like me and my friend had like our Topo Chicos, like chilling, and then like all these kids came out, and we're like drinking, and just like they had White Claws and Ultra, which I loved those. And that sneaky, like, inkling of a feeling kind of came in. I was like, damn, I kind of miss, I kind of miss how ultra tastes. And I, I do miss my, like, black cherry white claws. But I was like, but I have my topo and I'm fine and I'm not going to feel like shit later. So honestly, the drinking at this point, I'm like, it's less and less for me. I really don't have, yeah. even with the mocktails, I don't really get them unless like, you and I hang out or, like, special occasion. Yeah. It's other things that I, I struggle with craving. Yeah. But I totally understood. You know, yes. It's a every day. It's a day by day. Okay. Do you think either of you will be able to drink again in a responsible way? No. I'm no. Absolutely I not. I found that out the hard way. I will say that I broke sobriety on a day that I already was upset, so I knew it was like um an emotional drinking start. Yeah. But once I discovered if I was just a binge drinker, like in general, maybe. But once I became an emotional drinker, that changed everything for me. And awesome. for that reason, well, because then I would drink based off my emotions. Yeah. If I was angry, if I was sad, if I was happy. Okay. So with that being said, I don't think that I can ever responsibly drink and be able to stop. No. By, I mean, I broke sobriety many times, like trying to do it and see like even before like that like big streak like yeah. for all those years that I was wasted all the time I thought like I got to get it under control somehow like maybe I'll just only do it for this or for that excuses I'm bargaining saying, with myself and yeah. like it I've I've never been able to do it and um no I don't I don't think that for myself I know plenty of other people have and that is awesome for them but no I don't think so yeah no I I can't my brother's the same way he he can, him and his wife, they can, like, she got in a car wreck and almost killed herself. And my brother, like, he can never drink again. But I'll tell you, their lives are, their lives are really, really good. And that's my goal is to, to not drink again, you know? Yeah. But I try not to look at, like, the long ending because it can be daunting, you know? It makes you feel like, oh, no, man, I don't know if I can do it. But if I just tell myself, tomorrow I'm not going to drink. But the next day I'm not going to drink and do, like, like short term goals. Yeah. It's, it makes it for me easier to like continue sobriety. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, would you be willing to tell us about the drug use? What kind of drugs 
Did you ever find yourself addicted, etc.? Yeah, I'm totally down. Um, that was going to be our episode, our following episode, mm-hmm. as a trip's gone wrong <laughs> about the hospital visit I've hinted at a couple of times. But I think we're going to turn it into a forgiveness episode today. Day and then, yeah. But we will do the trip's gone wrong um, next week. Yes, next so, week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, stay tuned for that. That's just like a, oh, that was a horrible, like, psychedelic trip for me. That wasn't even like a trip, it was like pure delirium. But yeah, I've used um, a lot of drugs. I guess basically, like, you know, I never did, like, heroin or, like, meth. um, I didn't know you did that. No, I said I didn't. Oh, I was like, what? I said, like, I didn't do those ones. But basically, like, like, yeah. (laughs) But when I was much younger, I was, uh, I would have done anything that was in front of me, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And then whenever I got older and I was spiraling, um, like I said, like, I know I've mentioned, like, cocaine I think but like was definitely like doing that um oh shit but yeah I I just like I'm kind of just too much of a weenie like uh whatever I don't know a pill I I like a good pill like if you're using it responsibly there's like different there's different types of drugs and different types I don't know it's just I never felt that I was a Addicted to any drug, though See, I never I, did. I now being sober, I I know that I struggled with an addiction because I still struggle with it every yeah. day. Every day, I'm still struggling with it. Yeah, and it's hard. Well, that is the end of the questions. I know we said this would be a mini sode, and it wasn't because we talked too much. But they said so many questions. These are things I see myself in, and can't help but wonder because it does sound like a story, and I want to know more. You can reply to me here or air it, but please don't use my name. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for the questions, and we would love to answer any more that anyone has. So send them in. Uh, no BS with Briar and Sarah at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.